0: Welcome to the podcast, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. It's funny because you know this, take a shower, of course you do, show up on time, of course you do, most of the time, and don't steal anything. Of course you wouldn't, you know that, that's why you, you responsible, successful, ethical person with morals, that's why you're listening to this podcast, because that's the funny thing is, you don't need this podcast, but you listen. It's kind of like people who are at their perfect body fat percentage. They don't need to work out, but because they do work out, that's why they're at their perfect body fat percentage. It's kind of like a conundrum, but not really. All right. It's beautiful outside. Today is Sunday and I'm looking out the window of the ironing board studios which is the guest bedroom of my house and it's beautiful outside and I want to go out for a run but you know the morning kind of sometimes gets away from you. I got up this morning about eight and made coffee and worked on some stuff for the show and I listened to part of Steve's podcast. We're going to start right there. Um, A friend of mine listened to Steve's podcast and said whoa whoa. His wife was so mean, and it was like, wow, she was so rude. It was awkward, and I'm like, ooh, this should be good, because Steve does a podcast with his wife, Christy, called It Goes Both Ways. And So I've listened to a couple of episodes. Um, uh, honestly, I don't listen to that many because I see Steve, and I get a podcast from him every fucking day. <laughs> I don't need a podcast from Steve. I love him, but but I went back to listen to it, and um, uh, and I, I – think that what you're hearing was steve and christy kind of mock arguing but i will say christy does get very annoyed with steve there's no question check out his podcast it's called it goes both ways and it's available on the same um you know the same link on our website that you would listen to my podcast on i'm not sure how you get mine but uh there's a link on dave ryan show.com uh but they brought up something during the midst of their arguing and one of them was how it was really interesting, and, and, and just to basically steal an idea right from Steve's podcast, um, they were talking about when you're married, you the first like, year is really happy, and then the seventh year is hard, and then by the time you reach the 20th year, things get easy, and then you really start to connect and bond, and Christy's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. I think she even said that. She said, here's why. Because... By about year 20, your house is either paid off or mostly paid off. Your kids are getting older and more independent. Some of them are moving out or maybe they're all moved out. So, of course, life is going to be less complicated and easier. So, of course, you're going to be happier. However, that may be true or may not be true. Um, A member of my band is about my age. And we were talking in band practice the other night. She said, oh, my God, the empty nest syndrome is so hard. She kind of giggled and she not giggled, chuckled. And she said, yeah, I know so many couples that once they got the kids out of the house, they were done. And I said, why is that? Because they had to learn that they had to put up with just each other. And she said, not only that, but a lot of couples stay together until the kids are gone, so they won't screw up the kid's life in high school or middle school or whatever. So once the kids are gone, they're like, I'm done with this marriage. It hasn't worked for years. And so she was kind of chuckling, saying, yep, that's a hard period. And I don't know whether, I, I doubt she's having a hard period in her marriage, but it's really interesting. I don't know what makes a successful marriage. I think that you have to make sure there are no deal breakers in it. Um, and I think the other person has to be interesting to you. And I think that they have to make you feel better about yourself when you're around them. And I think that's a really big part. Don't we all love people who make us feel attractive and funny and smart and sexy? But if they tell us how fat we are, how ugly we've gotten, or how lazy or stupid we are all the time, well, we don't want to be around them. We don't want to be around a friend who is not a good friend. If all they do is tell us how wrong we are and how stupid we are at the same time... Wouldn't you agree that our partner probably should be the most responsible for bringing us back down to earth and reeling us in when we get to be unreasonable? For example, I'll complain about something at work and then Susan will remind me, you know, it's not as bad as you're making it sound. Or I know it's rough, but you've dealt with this before. Or sometimes even, you know what, Dave, you're kind of being a dick right now. So uh, that's what I think a good partner does, too. They make you feel really good. But a good partner that you love and respect also has to be able to tell you. And you need to be able to allow that person to tell you, you know, check. Just check yourself a little bit before you get too high and mighty. But check yourself a little bit. And I think if we don't allow that person in our lives to have somebody who can tell us, hey, you know what? check yourself a little bit, then we become out of control. So if we think that our shit don't stink and we don't have a partner that reminds us, you know, hey, you know what, calm down, then we're in real trouble. Okay, so back to Steve and Fall or Steve and Christy. They, I'm so used to saying Steve and Fallon, back to Steve and Christy, They were talking about how no hill goes up forever. And this is the philosophy or discovery that I made at Scout Camp last year. Maybe you heard me talk about this one. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, No hill goes up forever. At Scout Camp last year, we were hiking in New Mexico uh, for, I think it was supposed to be 83 or 86 miles. But with all the walking and the side trips and the trips to get water, we hiked well over 100 miles in 10 days. Um, And it was up and down hills. Sometimes you'd spend the entire afternoon climbing up a hill. And if you know what a switchback is, that's where it does a U-turn on the mountain and goes back the other way. And then it does another U-turn. That's a switchback to climb up a steep hill because the path can't go straight uphill. It's just too steep. So you do this, and it occurred to me, it's like, God, sometimes you get to the crest of a hill, and you would think, oh, that's got to be the top, and now it's downhill. No, there's more uphill. And it occurred to me halfway through the week that no hill goes up forever eventually there's got to be a downhill there's got to be a part where it's easy and you coast and you don't have to work as hard well you could also say no downhill goes downhill forever uh, but the metaphor basically is I think a good metaphor for life in that hey you know what you're struggling and your job is maybe not so good or your partner's not so good or maybe your health is not so good or you're broke right now or something Something's not going that well in your life. Um, no hill goes up forever. There's always a crest, and then there's the downhill part. Well, then Steve and Christy were arguing, it's like, well, I don't want to be downhill in a downward spiral, and Steve's like, No, that's the downhill is the good part. So that was kind of funny. Anyway, check out their podcast, check out Fallon's podcast, Too Lame for Radio, that she does with Jenny and Tina also. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a question, and then we're going to get onto some other stuff here, uh, including emails and Facebook and things like that. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever found the perfect solution for storing your photos and movies? I have not. I've talked about it with friends. I've talked about it on the radio. It used to be back in the days of print photography. You would get your pictures back from Walgreens or target and you would leave them in either that little envelope and you put them in a box with all your other photos, or you would put them in a photo album. Or if you're really ambitious, you put them in a scrapbook. Um, I am like a million people. I have tons of plastic bins downstairs with printed photos in them. But ever since the digital age, which started about 97 or 98 or 99, um, everybody has digital photos now. Well, Where do you store them? On your phone? Is your phone absolutely full of all your digital photos? What about? What do you do when you trade in your phone? Do you put them on the cloud? Okay, so now they're in the cloud, but are all your photos in the cloud? Do you have time or the ability or the knowledge to put them all in the cloud? Or are they stored on your computer? If you're like me, you've got pictures on a jump drive, You've got pictures on CD-ROMs because that's how we used to store them a decade ago is when your uh, camera got full, you put them all on a CD-ROM. Where are those CD-ROMs now? And did you know that CD-ROMs don't always, um, they deteriorate or they age over time and they're not readable after a certain amount of time? That's what I heard. Um, So if you have the perfect way to store your photos or videos, please, for the love of God, let me know because I don't No, I don't know. There's the perfect one. There's like Google cloud and the drive and, um, and there's Amazon drive and there's, I mean, there's so many and I've got some in the cloud and I've got some on jump drive. So what is your way? Is there a perfect practical way to do it? I don't think there is. I don't know. Maybe you've discovered it. Um, Send me an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com or go on Facebook and leave a comment on there. Facebook, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Okay, I'm going to open up my phone where I've got some ideas for the uh, podcast written in my email. And let's get started. I wanted to talk about a couple of different things. Um, I thought this is fascinating. How in the world we recognize so many different faces and voices think about it think about how many Facebook friends you have I got about 500 some I don't know that well but you got to figure celebrities co-workers friends relatives think about how our eye instantly recognizes So many faces. Tom Hanks, boom. Not only instantly recognizes, but can instantly recall Beyonce, boom. You can pull their face out of your memory bank in a heartbeat. If you see even an obscure celebrity, Dustin Diamond, boom, you can bring his face to mind. Paris Hilton, boom. If you recognized, um, let's think of somebody, um, Mary Hart from Entertainment Tonight 20 years ago. If you saw her in Target, boom. Boom. You would recognize her. It might take you a minute, but you would go, oh, who is that? I don't have a solution. I don't have an answer. But isn't it fascinating how we recognize so many faces when when you think about it? Faces are all basically the same. Eyes, nose, mouth, cheeks, forehead, hair, eyebrows. But it's the combinations and the subtle differences that let our brains differentiate between this person who looks like Fallon and Fallon. There's a girl, I think, was it Carly Rae Jepsen might have been that used to look like Fallon because they both had bangs. They look nothing alike now. Um, or my daughter, Allison, looks just like a celebrity. And I can't think right now of who it is, um, but they look a lot. And Allison looks a lot like Kate Raditz But I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have a solution. I don't This is going nowhere. But I just thought it was interesting. What about voices? A lot of people recognize my voice. If I go out in public, people don't always recognize my face. But as soon as I order, like if I'm at a restaurant, they'll look at me and they'll be like, wait a second. Are you Dave Ryan? And I like, yeah. They're like, oh, I listen to the show. Isn't it interesting how you recognize my voice? When your mom calls, you recognize her voice or your best friend or your partner. Isn't that interesting how we recognize voices and faces? Where is that conversation going? Nowhere. Just to give you a little something to think about. And now, on to our next thought on the podcast. Uh, got an email um, from Tyler. And Tyler says, Dave, I just got done listening to your most recent podcast and love the different approach on this one. You asked for suggestions on future episodes, and I had a request I wanted to send in the morning show forever, but I've never gotten around to it. Last week we did, or two weeks ago, I didn't do one last week, I was in Colorado, I just didn't feel like it. Um, uh, We did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with like 10 little known facts behind the scenes about the Dave Ryan in the morning show. Um, And that was kind of fun, and a lot of people didn't know some of the things and if you want to go back and listen to that podcast that's the podcast from last time not a week ago but two weeks ago uh anyway tyler says i've always loved learning about the history of things especially in popular culture since your show has been a staple in my adolescence teen and now adult life wow i wondered how some of the bits you do on the morning show develop for example whose idea was it to do war of the roses what was the first one like and how has it evolved I remember Lena would always go through the full survey conversation, but now you guys edit that part out. It's great to have an entire episode devoted to that since it's the first thing myself and many of my friends think about when we think about the Dave Ryan in the morning show. But even hearing about the history of Christmas Wish or even the recent bit, Worst Date Wednesday. Maybe the Carson calls like Do They Actually Bother You or all those parodies like Edina Girls and Hollister. I feel like those must take forever to write. If you get a chance to talk about those on the podcast, I'd find it fascinating. Thanks for all that you and your team do from Tyler. You know, Tyler, that's I guess it is kind of interesting. So let's spend the rest of the podcast talking about that. But first... If you ride a motorcycle, sign up for Roger's Rescue Ride. That's my cat, Roger. He's a rescue cat. We're going to ride from Grumpy's in St. Bonnie on May 12th. And you can go to pauseforpawsmn.org. That's P-A-U-S-E, the number four, P-A-W-S-M-N.org and sign up or just show up to Grumpy's. Um, We're going to be there Saturday, 9 o'clock until 1030. We ride at 1030. And we're going to go down to Arlington, Minnesota, then through Henderson, up the Mississippi River to Lisa's Lisa's Bar in Carver. If you don't ride, just show up at one of them, at Grumpy's, and say hi and make a donation for pets. But if you do ride, we'll see you on your bike on the road. Okay, so let's cover some of these. War of the Roses, Tyler. War of the Roses was not my idea. Uh, I started doing that about 25, 27 years ago. When I worked in Phoenix and we used to call it, she loves me, he loves me not, or he loves me, he loves me not. And uh, because it had to do with flowers and uh, we did it a couple of times and we would do it in the very simple term. I think he's cheating. Okay, let's call him and and offer to tell him that he won roses and see who he sends them to. And uh, it was very simple. There was no backstory. There was just basically the payoff was whether he was cheating or not. Honestly, I think the show that has evolved so much because we've just learned how to make it more entertaining that the backstory is more important. We don't do ones with somebody who's like, well, I don't know. I just think he's cheating. And I think he is. I don't really have anything. Or if it, the reason's really boring, like he comes home late a lot. That's kind of what Wars, War of the Roses used to be when we did it you know, 15 years ago with Angie and Jackson. Uh, it was, I think he's cheating. He works late. Um, he takes phone calls outside. So let's call him. And now... It's like last week's was, well, I came home and there was uh, the sheets and a towel in the washer. And I'm like, why in the world would you be washing the sheets and a towel in the middle of the day? So it's evolved into more of the story, and we look for interesting stories now. And I think that's why War of the Roses has continued to be so popular, because everybody I meet, if they find out, that I work at KWB, they always go, oh, War of the Roses, love that. And I always say the same thing. I said, yep, it's everybody's favorite. Um, and that's kind of how that came about and where it is. Okay, another one. Um, here's one. Uh, the History of Christmas Wish. I'll give you a brief history of Christmas Wish. Um, we started it 25 years ago. Um, for a while, the boss, who was Jewish, Wanted to call it Holiday Wish. So we call it Holiday Wish for a season or two. And we used to make it... um, And then it went back, right back to Christmas Wish. And we used to make it, hey, fun stuff. Like, hey, listen, if you want a new TV, if you want a new computer, what is your Christmas wish? We did some serious ones. We did some fun ones. And then we realized we can't be giving somebody a computer just because they want one when here's a woman who's got kids and not enough money to feed them or take them to the doctor. So now Christmas Wish is all about helping people who really need it. And I'm going to tell you a little secret about Christmas Wish. Every year we get scammed. Every year somebody scams us. Every single year, at least once, We are so careful, and we vet these wishes, and we try to find out who and why, and we call the people, and we say, are you sure they need the money? Are you sure that they're legit? It sounds like they just, you know, why don't they just go on unemployment? It doesn't sound like they have a need. And that's why we always preach when we do Christmas wish, just because somebody had a tragedy doesn't mean mean that there's a need. For example, uh, Susan's cancer scare of a month or two ago, um, if she had had cancer and she didn't, thank God, um, it would have changed our lives and changed our lives in a big, dramatic way. But we wouldn't have had a financial need because we have insurance. We have really good insurance. So we wouldn't have a financial need. So we always remind people when you do Christmas Wish, make sure there's not just a tragedy but or, or something that went wrong, but there's also a need. And every year when we do Christmas Wish... We find we we get a family who their sister nominated them or a friend nominated them, and this family has been holding raffles and charity dinners, and they have a GoFundMe, and they're milking their tragedy for for their own purposes. And every year, it's not a scam; it's somebody who legitimately got hurt or has cancer or whatever, but they're milking it for all they can get. And we find out after the fact. We'll do one and then somebody will call, "You know that family has been like on GoFundMe and you know that family has like been investigated and like, nope, I had no idea." So, we do our best, but it's the truth. And I often said, "We got to stop doing Christmas wish because even getting scammed one time is too many times." And people have said, "No, you can't because just like giving money to the homeless guy who's going to spend it on booze and weed." You give it to the people who need it and know that you help the people who need it. So there's a little bit about Christmas wish. Worst date Wednesday. Um, I don't know. I, I I come up with a lot of ideas. I'll be honest with you. That was my idea. I don't know how I came up with it. Sometimes my mind just comes up with ideas. And it's like it doesn't seem like a hard idea to come up with in hindsight, But I think that's one thing that I'm really gifted with is being able to come up with a lot of ideas. Um, And it's great. I love it, not because it was my idea. Trust me, I've come up with a lot of crap old ideas that don't work out. I think that's one of the hard parts is not being so in love with your own ideas that you won't let go of them. I tell people, I said, everybody loves the smell of their own farts, which is not always true. But let's face it, you can probably tolerate it. Um, and I, I use that because I remind people on my show and myself that just because you came up with it doesn't mean it's a great idea. And I think some people find that hard to swallow because, well, I came up with it. I like it. Sometimes you have to admit it's not a great idea or we tried it didn't work out that well. And I think that's great in any part of life, whether you're on the radio or whether you are doing like vacation planning for the family. Maybe you're like, we've got to go to the Grand Canyon. And nobody else wants to go. And it's like, no, but it's my idea and I really want to go. Well, sometimes you got to give that up. Uh, so, worst date Wednesday. Uh, the Carson calls, Tyler says, like, do those actually bother you? Not at all. As a matter of fact, it's. I think they were my idea. I'm not positive, but it was definitely, uh, you know, I'll, call Fal- I'll tell Fallon, I'll say, Fallon, come up with another Carson call. And it would not be funny if I didn't act annoyed. And I think it's like, If you watch a show like The Office, if Michael liked Toby, then Toby's character would not be funny. If Jim liked Dwight, it wouldn't be funny. So Jim, his character acts like he's annoyed with Dwight, so it's funny. So I act like I'm annoyed with the Carson Calls. But I'm not. A lot of the time I'm like, Fallon, do a Carson call because they really are funny and she does such a great job with them. But it's all like, you know, it's all just like part of the show. So you're hearing things that I probably shouldn't tell you, but hey, this is the reward you get for listening to the podcast. I'm going to tell you things here that I would never tell you on the radio. And finally, Tyler said, what about those parodies like Edina Girls and Hollister? I feel like those must take forever to write. Um, Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I think that I'll sit there and I'll, I'll have an idea for a parody song and I'll have the original lyrics in front of me as a guide and I'll have the music bed as a guide and I'll work and sometimes the page is just blank. But when it starts to fill up, um, I get, I'm really proud of them. I think I, I remember writing the Hollister song and Steve was on the phone and he gave me a couple of ideas like uh, Jamba juice and caribou and the, how they spray stuff on their clothes. And then I had my daughter sing it. And then I had a great producer, uh, who mixed it all together and made it magic. And, I mean, it's it's one of the most enduring parody songs we've ever done. Everybody loves the Hollister song, even though it came out in 2007, and there's some very dated references on there. I don't even know if kids shop at Hollister like they used to, but they definitely don't go on MySpace. They go on Snapchat now. Uh, Edina Girls, um, uh, that was 20 years ago. And I don't know. I, we don't write that many parody songs like we used to. It, we just don't get the reaction out of them that, that we used to. And I don't know why that is. Um, maybe maybe I'm not as good at writing parody songs as I used to. Fallon and Steve write some. But but we don't get the reaction out of parody songs like we used to. So we don't write them that much anymore. So um, what else can I tell you about some history of the show? Um, I, Off the top of my head, I can only say that everybody plays a role on the show. Everybody has a purpose on the show. Steve is naturally kind of a disaster, but he's one of the most loving people ever. He's kind and he's loving. Uh, Fallon is basically who she is. Um, She is funny and a smart ass, and she's admittedly self-centered, and I think a lot of people can relate to it because, hey, we all are a little bit self-centered to different degrees, and I think Fallon admitting it A lot of people laugh at themselves when they hear Fallon admit that she's self-centered and the fact that I'm older and unhip and I just got into bitmoji. I mean, if we were all the same, we'd be all boring. If we didn't represent like, you know, people didn't find things in common with us, we'd be boring. And I tell DJs all the time, I coach radio shows around the country and I tell them all the time, I said, don't try to be cool. Do not talk about how cool you are that you went backstage and got to meet Taylor Swift. If you did go backstage and, and met Taylor Swift, don't brag about it like you and her are best friends. Um, you need to act like, I mean, you need to, to be genuine. Like, holy shit, I met Taylor Swift. Oh my God, I about wet my pants and she said hi to me and I opened my mouth to say something clever and I all I did was just say hi. That's what I remind people to don't don't act like you're cool. I know people in radio who think they're models who put stuff all over Instagram that look like models, and it's like, okay, nobody can relate to you looking like a model. I know somebody, and I'm not going to mention any names um, because they might listen to this podcast, but somebody who they don't work in many in Minneapolis, um, but they are gorgeous and they're a little bit snobby and snotty and they look like a model and they put pictures of them you know like modeling photos on their instagram and i'm like nobody can relate to that because most of us do not look like a model we do not make a lot of money we do not go to the nicest clubs and eat the nicest meals and our personal friends with the chef and the bartender most of us Go to Friday's or Applebee's and maybe once in a while we'll go to 7 and we'll splurge on our anniversary or we go to Benihana because it's our favorite. So I guess what I'm saying is everybody on the show has a, a responsibility to be relatable in some way. And that's why we talk a, a lot about you know what we did over the weekend. So we're somehow, oh, I did that too. Or Dave doesn't like the cherry in the spoon. I come to think of it, I don't like the cherry in the spoon. Oh, Fallon doesn't like... Stranger Things, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't like Stranger Things either. Or Dave loves this or Steve loves this. That's funny because I love that too. So, we all have a responsibility to be somewhat relatable. Just like on The Office, there's everybody has a favorite character on The Office whether it's Pam or Michael or Dwight or Jim. Or uh, who's the Stanley that always does the crossword puzzles and um, read it? I'll close up with this. I read a really interesting article and I think I might've talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about how people love the office, even though it's been off the air for a long time and the show started over 10 years ago, people still love it because we relate to, to someone on there and we're so familiar with who the characters are who's Dwight who's Jim who's Pam Um, who's um, uh, uh, Toby who's uh, the one with the red hair Phyllis is the one with the glasses the one who ate the hand sanitizer because she's a drunk and I can't remember her name anyway um, and that's it Thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. My daughter's going to come over now and we're going to work on her wedding project, which is wedding place card holders, name card holders, and it's a little slice of a tree about two inches in diameter and about two inches high, and we're going to cut slots in the top of them at an angle, very important, to put the name card in, so... Um, I don't know. It's going to be a long tedious afternoon because I got a skill saw and I'm going to put it in a vise and cut every one of them 178 of them and it's going to take all afternoon. But you know what? We'll never forget it. And that's some time with my daughter. I don't don't get to spend much time with her anymore cuz she's grown up now. But have a great week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you share it with a friend. Tell a friend, hey, you know what? You listen to the show. You might enjoy this podcast. Dave talks about some of the history of the bits. If you get an idea for a podcast, send me an email to DaveRyan at KDWB.com. Check us out on Facebook. Take a shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything. And hopefully we'll see you here next week on the podcast.